That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Um, I don't get to do that very often, but uh, when I do, it's fun. It takes me back to the days where I was just starting Bible college, and I was cutting my teeth teaching five- and six-year-olds every Sunday. And uh, that was fun. (laughs) All right. My name is Joe Davis. I'm the lead teacher in the garden. We're continuing our series that started with as a lectionary on the Gospel of Mark, and now we moved on to other places in the New Testament. And this week, we're in 1 Thessalonians. And I've titled the name of the message today, I Love My Church. I'm just going to get right into it and read the passage for you. So if you kind of follow along with me. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 through 10. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope, In our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that He has chosen you. Because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Imitators of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction. In other words, becoming Christians was not easy. With joy, though, so he combines affliction and joy in the same phrase. That's amazing. And joy in the Holy Spirit. So that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and in Achaia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere. It's even gone to Northport, for goodness sakes. (laughs) So that we need not say anything. In other words, I don't even have to brag about you. Your reputation is spreading everywhere. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. And how you turned to God from idols to serve the living true God. And to wait for his son from heaven who he raised from the dead. Jesus who delivers us from wrath to come. So we're going to go through our three applications of Scripture like we always do. We believe we have to understand these applications if we're really understanding what the Bible is saying to us today. So the first application is the history of the, of the passage. What about man and what did he do? Why and how did he do it? So I want you to understand a couple of things. First of all, there is lots of persecution toward the church and toward Paul and toward Silas in this area called Thessalonica. I mean, they were following a man that was despised by the Jews, sentenced to death by Rome, and a man whose story was stealing away people from the pagans. So there are three very powerful groups of people that hate Christians, Jews, Romans, and pagans. Yet there's no wavering in their faith. There's no wavering in their loyalty to Paul and Silas, even in the face of those who wanted to persecute them and sometimes even kill them. As a matter of fact, just to give you some historical context, there's a verse in Acts, chapter 17, that explains what was happening in Thessalonica. Here's what happens. This is after they become Christians, and the church is growing. But the Jews were jealous, and they took some wicked men of the rabble, and they formed a mob. And set the city in an uproar over the church. And attacked the house of Jason. Jason had put them up. Jason was housing Paul and Silas while they were there. They attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out out to the crowd. 
And when they could not find these men, they dragged Jason with some of his brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. These men who are destroying everything that we have worked hard for. And how are they doing it? By their reputation of loyalty and love and affection. And Jason has received them in his house. And they're all acting, and now they try, Now the, the Jews are trying to, they've got the pagans, now they're trying to get the Roman, and they are acting against the decrees of Caesar. All of a sudden, the Jewish people were concerned about the laws of Caesar when they've been fighting them all this whole time. Hey, they need them going after Caesar. Can you believe it? Saying there's another king in Jesus. And the people in the city and authorities were disturbed when they heard all these things. And when they had taken money as security, in other words, when they were bailed out from Jason and the rest, they let them all go. Pretty amazing, isn't it? That's the persecution. That's the history behind what's going on in Thessalonica. And one of the reasons that motivated Paul to write 1 Thessalonians. So we see there what happens. The city leaders arrest Jason, Paul, and Silas. They are released on bail. And they receive the word, the scripture says, in much affliction and joy. And that's also, we see that concept in James chapter 1, 2 to 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet various trials of different kinds. You know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect. You may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And the stories of their steadfastness had, in fact, had affected and impacted the whole region. Everywhere people were hearing, have you heard what's going on with these Christians in Thessalonica? In the midst of this ridiculous persecution between the Jews and the Romans and the pagans, they're the great unifiers. they got all three of those groups working together. And yet they're still loyal to Paul and Silas and this gospel that they believe. And what the scripture says is, it affected the whole region in such a way that it encouraged other Christians to have the same level of commitment. So that's the history of the passage. Let's look at the effects of the gift of faith. We're kind of going on a little bit more through this. The effects of the gift of faith were pretty amazing. It caused them to abandon false religions. Think about that for a minute. It caused them to be trusting of the gospel. This is what the gift of faith had done for them. It caused them to be loyal to Paul and Silas, even in the midst of all three of these powerful groups coming against them. It made them stand out. Everybody in the region says, this is pretty courageous how they're acting. And you know what happens here? We see the theological part. Here's what God does. The gospel had created several things. It created this humble confidence that they had. This enlightenment that God gave them had given them the ability to believe and trust the gospel. And it enabled them to cling to Jesus even when it was risky and unpopular. Now listen, they weren't arrogant or judgmental about their faith. They weren't saying, oh yeah, well we're right and you're wrong and you're all going to hell. That's not what was going on here. They had humble confidence, knowing 
that Christ had saved them in spite of their sinfulness, in spite of their failures as pagans, in spite of their failures as Jewish people. They had this humble confidence of knowing, man, I know that I'm a sinner, but I am confident in what Christ has done. And this humble confidence gave them courage and boldness to share the love of Christ with others in words, but also in deed. You know what else the gospel did to them? It gave them affection. They had this undeniable, unbelievable affection for Paul and Silas because of the message that they brought and the type of character Paul and Silas displayed. They loved these men. And you know what else began to happen? These guys in Thessalonica who were facing this persecution, they not only fell in love with Paul and Silas, they fell in love with each other. They were going through a hard time. And because of the humble confidence and the affection, it also produced one of the greatest things, and I talked about it in the children's message. It produced loyalty. This is really what I want to focus on today, and I want to park on. That affection led to loyalty that was sacrificial, right? It was reliable, and it was comforting. Isn't that what loyalty does for you? When somebody is loyal to you, can you see, man, they, for them to be loyal to me, they had to sacrifice. I know I can count on them. They got my back. And it is so comforting to know that I'm not alone. I mean, these were people that stood with Paul, that stood with Jesus, even when the world around them hated them for it. And what about Jason? I mean, he took Paul and Silas into their house knowing it would cause problems for him and his family and where he lives. I imagine there was a lot of damage done to his house. They probably tore down the picket white fence, probably egged his BMW. By the way, who paid their bail? Anybody know who paid the bail? They bailed them out. I'm sure it was people in the church. It wasn't the pagans. Wasn't the Jewish people, and Caesar didn't bail them out. Somebody bailed them out. Can you see why Paul loved them so much? Can you get a glimpse as to why Paul would write 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 with such affection and expression? Listen, I am amazed by your loyalty, your steadfastness, your courage, and the testimony of how you behave has affected everyone around you. I mean, the gift of faith not only saved them, right? We understand that it saved them and it redeemed them. But it birthed in them these amazingly intimate, meaningful, sacrificial, loyal relationships. There were these relationships with each other and with Paul and Silas that were so amazing. They were close. They became the very breath of life for these people. And Paul's expression of love for this group of believers is as much a reflection of the work of God in their lives as it would be a testament to their character. And why did it affect the region so much? Because people realized the way they conduct themselves, it ain't natural. It's supernatural. It's unusual. Us pagans don't treat each other like that. 
Those Jewish people don't treat each other. The Romans don't treat each other. They're always cutthroat. Who can get the next power? These people are living with and for each other every moment of every day. Everything they have belongs to each other. They share and they want to make sure that each one of them is okay. These relationships were all, in a sense, created by God. Can you follow me there? These relationships were created by God and the gift of faith he was just giving out everywhere in Thessalonica. He's just giving out faith. You get faith. You get faith. I love that, the Oprah thing. You know, we've talked about, you get some faith. You get some, look under your seat. There's some faith. It's God just giving out the gift of faith all over the place, and it is creating not only salvation and redemption and transformation, but it's creating loyalty and affection. And the scripture says that everyone in the region had been impacted by their confidence, their steadfastness, by their affection for one another, and by their loyalty to one another. So let's talk about the devotional part of this. You know what I thought about this week, and I was thinking, what is the application for me? You know what it made me realize? This is exciting. I love this. These are all attributes of Jesus. Humble confidence. Affection, loyalty, these are attributes that he manifests in the lives of his people through his presence and his spirit and his word. His people that he manifests these things in through the gift of faith. These attributes of Jesus within our brothers and sisters are what we fall in love with. We don't fall in love with each other's sin. (laughs) I hope. We don't fall in love with each other's hair, although mine's looking pretty good these days. We don't fall in love with each other's money. What makes us fall in love with each other is the steadfastness, the affection, and the loyalty. I mean, can you imagine how Paul and Silas would have felt if they hadn't been bailed out? The Thessalonians just left them in jail to rot. Can you imagine how Paul would have felt if the Thessalonians, the Thessalonians, sorry, had decided the persecution of following Jesus in the gospel was just too much? Listen, Paul, we like the gospel, and yes, it was powerful when we accepted it, but it's just too dangerous. We're going to go back to paganism. We're going to go back to Judaism. We're going to go back to worshiping Caesar. Can you imagine what 1 Thessalonians 1 would have read like if they hadn't shown humble confidence, if they hadn't shown affection or loyalty? I mean, we know what kind of guy Paul is, right? He doesn't mince words. Can you imagine what 1 Thessalonians would have looked like had they not had any of those characteristics? I got some things against you, Thessalonians. Let me tell you what, I am frustrated that you're not steadfast. I hate that you're not affectionate, and why weren't you loyal? I mean, it would have been the total opposite because, you know, Paul doesn't mince words, does he? I mean, he lays it out. And when Paul says something, he means it with all his heart. And this he meant, he says, I'm stunned by your steadfastness. I'm stunned by your affection for each other and for me, and I'm stunned by your loyalty and what you're willing to pay to keep it. I mean, thank God this was all made possible by sovereign intervention into their hearts through the gift of faith. 
This wasn't a reflection of who the Thessalonians were before Jesus. You understand that, right? They weren't affectionate and steadfast and loyal before Christ. Christ made them that way. It was a result of divine intervention. I would hope that the gospel and the gift of faith is so real in our lives that Paul would feel this way about us if he were alive today. So that he could write today's passage about us in the garden. Because guys, I got to tell you, I want to feel about you the way Paul felt about the Thessalonians. I want you to feel about me the way Paul felt about the Thessalonians. I want you to feel like, man, Pastor Joe has my back. And I want to feel like, man, you know what? I know they've got my back. I know they love me. And I know they're not going to turn their back on the true gospel. I want Sarasota to see all this and be blown away by it. Do you see how those stinking Presbyterians love each other over there on Bee Ridge Road? It's ridiculous. God's frozen chosen over there. <laughs> so what I did is I was wondering what it would look like if Paul wrote First Garden, chapter 1. And this is how I'm going to end it. I rewrote it. This is the King Joey version. Okay? Brothers and sisters of the garden, I thank God for you constantly, remembering how you have been faithful and loved us and so many others through your tireless serving as well as your steadfast hope in Jesus because there is so much proof that God has chosen you and given you the ability to trust the gospel with all your heart and mind, and it has done an amazing job transforming you even when it wasn't easy. In fact, your reputation for humble confidence, affection for others, and loyalty to each other has spread from here to Bradenton and Arcadia and even Northport, if you can believe it. The way you interact with each other and the community around you has become a massive encouragement to all the other Christians in the area. And we didn't even need to brag about you. It happened naturally by word of mouth. They talked about what you used to be compared to who you are now and how your lives are being lived out. And they say it's like as if Jesus had returned and was living among you right now. That's what I want for us. I want us to be, first of all, listen, affection and loyalty are meaningless if you're not steadfast to the only true gospel of Jesus Christ. You want to mix in other gospels, forget it. It ends there. So first, I want us to be steadfast to the gospel. I want us to be affectionate with one another. And I want us to be loyal because all those things are a result of divine intervention in our lives. Let's let the gospel of Jesus and the gift of faith take us to this place as a church.